0: The Liberty Accelerator program is a solution for military families to that thing we know as the military transition. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move.
1: Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane.
0: All veterans deserve a big thanks on Veterans Day. And at Navy Federal Credit Union, every day is Veterans Day. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash veterans. All right, today we're talking with Navy veteran Jared H. Smith, founder of Liberty Accelerator Program, a solution for military families to the military transition. Tapsley Jared, we've had you on the show once before uh, talking about um, Commission Officers' Guide and, and transition in general. Um, you've been adding and and, and still going with um, what, what most of us like to refer as the military transition, but you're going to have a, a little, little bit different twist to that. So, But before we get to talking about it, uh, remind us what you did in the Navy.
1: Sure thing, Joe. Will do. So Navy kept me busy for the last 19 years as a U.S. Navy Supply Corps officer. And I've got the good fortune of serving in the submarine force that a stint with Naval aviation on aircraft carrier out of Norfolk. And then a, a quick stint with the Naval expeditionary forces as well as with the army uh, in Afghanistan. So, um, they kept me away from my wife and four kids for a lot of that time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we are winding it down now. I've got 11 months left um, on active duty and, I recognize as I was entering what I refer to now as my military transition battle window that we had planning for that eventuality, that being all of us getting out of service one day, we, got, we had the planning all backwards. So I, um, I try to solve that problem.
0: So talk a little bit about, I mean, you're still in the process of your transition, if, if, if you That's allow right. me to use that word. It is, yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're 11 months out before you're done at 20. What's some of the initial? What are some of the things you've run across? Some of the obstacles you've you've coming you've encountered in the process of looking at your transition out of the military?
1: Yeah, thanks, Joe. I mean, that's that is that is the that is the question to answer, right? And I, I believe the the most important obstacle that a lot of us aren't aware of is the time factor. We've got this mindset in military service that transition begins a couple of years out or when told that you're no longer eligible to serve or you haven't promoted right mm-hmm. and you're getting kicked out it's simply not enough time it simply is not enough time um, my own personal experience and, and i'm fortunate i'm one of the fortunate few but i recognized about a decade ago that i would i would leave one day but there was no structure for me to really lay in on to really intentionally and informatively plan for that eventuality right so whenever i finally attended the dod tap about a year ago actually um, i was like wow you know a lot of this stuff i should have known about 10 years ago or longer and nothing kept me from requesting to go attend the dod tap course Mm -hmm. Right. Like I could have, I could have taken leave and taken it, you know, under the curtain or I could have requested to go TDY for three days to go take it, but I didn't. And a lot of the information that they give in there, we need, we need yesterday, no matter our time and service. Right. But we don't think that way. We're all thinking about being fully mission capable for deploying down range. Our families are ready for us to deploy Downrange to go do God's work. And I think that's the, I think that's a far approach.
0: Yeah. You know, thinking back about me personally, I actually, from being, even when I was still going through initial schools and stuff, I was always kind of thinking outside the Marine Corps when I was in, um, if nothing else, just out of my own, my own curiosity. But, um, there was no structured plan in place really. Right. It was just, I was just kind of on my own toying with right. different things, mostly in, uh, in the entrepreneurship realm, not necessarily what's my job, what kind of job am I going to get when I get out? But um, you, you kind of have to weigh, like sometimes in the military, you're almost made to feel guilty about preparing you yourself for what you're going to do when you get out. And really, right. In the military, military is one of those few things where you go into it, you know you're leaving at some point. I mean, whether it's after four year enlistment or a thirty year retirement, you know you're leaving. So transitions always discussed, especially if you're in a leadership role, you got to be really careful, yeah. tactful about how you go about talking about getting out or even preparing about getting out. Usually, some of the the big things like, oh, i I'm, I'm going to get that degree I never had, or I'm going to get that. Higher level degree that I've always wanted to get. Th- those kind of things are usually fairly well accepted, but running a business or doing other things or going uh, to other special, you know, customized, specialized type transition classes usually isn't very well accepted. Um, so, right.
1: and it's ironic too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and the military puts a lot of money into these Tamp Tap transition assistance classes that are out there and have been there for many for decades now they're they're getting better but they're still kind of a one size fits all and they do have some customized approaches and things like that here and there and some optional tracks you can do but what 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 is the main reason for the military putting so much money into the transition process why are they willing to do that I can only think, and I, I'm not,
1: and I'm not speaking on behalf of DoD or DoD Tap or any government program office that that runs this stuff. But I would think it's because of the scrutiny, maybe that 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 the organization is getting from the military families and service members that are returning mm-hmm. to society and having a real hard struggle at it.
0: Uh, Yeah. The DOD just didn't want to dump everybody out back into society. And well, so I've heard two different things. Well, I've heard one thing and I I have another theory. I've heard one thing is, one thing is especially those that get out. I'm not sure what the severance pay or the unemployment requirements are differs by state, but the military pays a massive amount of unemployment when they send people home. Right. Uh, that didn't have the option to stay in. So, um, they're trying to reduce that unemployment load. I mean, it's probably tens or hundreds of millions of dollars a year. I'm just speculating here. But Maybe. so that, so there is a ver- there is a definitely an unemployment uh, unemployment insurance cost associated with that. Okay. But I also think that a, a successfully transitioned veteran, is the most powerful recruiting tool for new people coming in. Look at him, he Absolutely. went he went in for 4 years, got out, got a great job, going to going to school, whatever, life's great. That's that that yeah. could be you in 4 years. So it's a phenomenal recruiting tool if the if the transition out is successful. So and right. then there's definitely the the holistic Concept of you know the military and the DoD doesn't want to develop a bad reputation for just dumping people back out into society. So uh, that the successful transition is important. I mean, we're we all have a vested interest in making sure that something successful happens with most folks getting out that, that you know want to do the things they want to do. So, but Absolutely. having said all that or knowing all that, it's still pretty amazing how there's this great divide between these people that want to successfully transition and these companies that want to hire them or these schools that want to get them into school, there's still a big, great divide out there that just seems to not really go away. No matter how much effort's put into it.
1: And, and this is where, and this is where the solution i put together comes into play, right? Mm -hmm. What if, what if we changed our paradigm and viewpoint just a little bit? What if we said, instead of being fully mission capable for the service member's deployment and the family's life going on while that service member is deployed, what if we said, hey, why don't we ensure the military family is fully mission capable to return to society on a moment's notice? Would that not also meet the requirement of being ready willing and able to deploy downrange to face the enemy.
0: It's an interesting concept and really it's something that anybody in the military should be thinking about at the very least. Exactly. At, at any exactly. given time, you don't know when, whether it's something beyond your control, a, a fluke injury, even a combat injury, a uh, car wreck, motorcycle wreck. You're not out. service member, service member, not coming home from deployment. Right. That too Yeah. For the families. Absolutely. So, but there's not an active preparation campaign going on within the military, like TAMPS taps to prepare people continuously. It's all focused nope. on at the end when you, when you know right. you're going to be getting out. Reactionary. Mm-hmm.
1: That's why the private marketplace needs to bring a solution to the military families. And that's what I'm doing with the Liberty Accelerator program.
0: So what does that look like?
1: So basically we put it on a five-year planning horizon that begins at the completion of the training pipelines or now. And we, we address what I, what I call the the war fronts, right? Or the, um, the lines of effort, as we would say in the operational planning world where we're focused on health and the use, the smart use of medicine to ensure peak whole health of that service member right, throughout the entirety of service, not just at the end. So if we're doing that, we're putting healthier, more capable, um, more clearly thinking service members to work day and day out. Right? And they're doing what they need to do at work while also doing what they need to do at home. Not only that, they are mindfully managing their medical record. So that they are ready for that inevitable VA disability compensation exam, right? Because it's going to happen for all of us, and therefore you might as well have your medical record ready for that to happen. So that's the health category,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Then we go into this idea of self, because the training, the basic training pipelines, and the stand and officers strip us down to nothing, build us up back, build us back up in the teams. Right. And then we perpetuate this mindset of, hey, take care of your people, take care of your people, take care of your people, while assuming that our leadership is taking care of us. Right. And they probably are with respect to promotion eligibility, getting awards, like all these other things that we celebrate Mm -hmm. in the military culture. But are we really being taken care of with respect to being ready to return to society? I argue no. And I'll look back around to something you said earlier about. Um, It kind of being looked down upon for, for preparing to get out of service, unless you're getting a degree or some sort of other credential that may help you in in service to the nation. I would argue that personal development is critical to bringing all we have to offer into the service because heaven knows the military branches need it. Right. Um, so that's the self-pillar It's finding this sense of, of who I am and what I'm going to do with my life beyond the uniform. And a lot of people joke about, you know, especially those old-timers, what am, what am I going to do when I grow up? I don't think it's a joke anymore. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a laughing matter. Right? I think it's deadly serious, and I think 22 service members and veterans per day are telling us it's deadly serious. So oh, yeah. I'm going to leave the self-pillar now and pivot to the final um, pillar. I, I refer to this as three pillars, right, health, self, and wealth. And on the wealth pillar, um, I, I'll start out the discussion with time. And we've got this mentality of hurry up and wait in the government and the military service. That's a, daily, a, a, a deadly dangerous perspective to have as well, because the time is precious. Time is the most valuable asset we've got day after day. And there's no getting those minutes back that are wasted. So we need to be mindful of our time on the job and at home, and in preparation for the inevitable departure from active duty. You know, that military family that's that's going back into society with or without their hero. Okay, now, to take it one step further down the the wealth ladder, um, I refer to this idea of, of Im- imagination, knowledge, and experience. And that connects directly back to that self-pillar of who I am, right? Because nobody can take Jared's imagination, knowledge, and experience that I have had for my life that's mine. Nobody else has the experiences that I've got. Nobody else has my imagination. Nobody else has the knowledge that I've aggregated, Mm -hmm. right? So it's up to me to package that up and market that successfully to a market or an industry that has a problem where my services can benefit them, you see? So if we can get our mind right around this idea of wealth, stop with the scarcity mindset of not wanting to spend money for goods or services, right, for value, whereas we continue to... Uh, perpetuate this idea of handouts and freebies and discounts and all this stuff that's holding us back.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: let that go, right? Get financially literate, have some money aptitude, understand what the heck's going on in our economy right now, understand assets and liabilities, cash and cash flow, right? Make better decisions throughout service time with respect to buying houses and cars and life insurance, um, understanding the survivor benefit plan. That's a, 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 an asset to us on active duty, but then becomes liability to most retirees mm-hmm. afterwards. So like if we understand this stuff, all three of these things, the wealth side, the health side, the self side, and then if we're creating the relationships we need throughout service time, and not worrying about networking at the end of service life, how much better position is the military family going to be in when they do leave active duty service? All right? So I'll pause there because that's a whole lot to unpack. Um, I'll give you a chance to ask some questions on any of that.
0: I've been a Navy federal credit union member for over 31 years back in 1990. During my first few weeks of active duty, one of my fellow Marines told me I had to become a member of Navy federal because they know and understand the military. So I did. And 31 years later, I still have that exact same account. We also now have all of our business accounts with Navy federal in honor of veterans day. Navy Federal thanks veterans in a meaningful way. They offer resources like Best Careers After Service, Best Cities After Service. They're a top VA home lender. They offer veteran employment assistance partnerships with nonprofits like U.S. Vets. They get the military. At Navy Federal, every day is Veterans Day. You can learn more at NavyFederal.org slash veterans. That's NavyFederal.org slash veterans, insured by NCUA an equal housing lender. All right, back talking with Navy veteran Jared H. Smith about uh, Liberty Accelerator and Tapsley. So Jared, you talked about um, the three pillars, which were uh, health, health, self, that's a tongue twister, health, self, and wealth. Um, also a whole okay. bunch of other things. So if you're talking to somebody in the military, like right now, you, you also talked about military mindset, Need they need to get over this whole, I'm not going to invest any money in myself or or in my health or wealth. I I want you know let's face it. When we're in the military, even as we're getting out and even after we've gotten out, we're kind of used to handouts. I mean, everybody wants to help us by giving us things. But one of the biggest yeah. problems with that is I've seen it many times. If you don't have any skin in the game, you don't take it serious. Like if someone's giving it to you for free, you don't really take it that serious. I mean, some people do great with that, but when have we this, when we pay, we pay attention. Exactly. If you're going to pay attention, yeah. you're going to have to pay. That's right. The mili- in, in in the civilian world in the military, we we're very we're familiar or at least accept the concept that we might have to put our life on the line, but we do not accept the fact that we might have to put some money on the line. And in the civilian sector, they can't comprehend the concept of putting their life on the line. But they have to put their money on the line all the time because they're not they don't they don't have these programs and these DoD structured uh, classes and everything to to yeah. help them along the way. So uh, totally different difference in mindset. Now you talk about the three pillars and a whole bunch of other things. How do you how do you reach or how do how do you get somebody that's got several years left in the military? How do you shake them and say, look, you need to start paying attention here. The, the the preparation process should start now uh, with not only just you, but you and your family.
1: Yeah, Joe, that's great. and I'm so glad you brought that up. Remember earlier, I talked about taking care of our people. Right. Have you ever also heard the phrase, don't be the senior leader with the secret?
0: <laughs> but, you know, you almost had, I can think of specific, a few episodes ago, we talked about this. I had it, I had it set up. I was like the training officer in, in the S3 or squadron. I had it all set up where this FAA guy was going to come by. He was going to go down to our maintenance shop in the afternoons between day crew and night crew. Anybody that wanted to work on getting gouged up to get their A&P license, airframes and power plants license, which is the civilian the civilian equivalent of being an aircraft mechanic. And they weren't going to have to go to class. He was going to come into our squadron building and do it all. And, And it was going to be not to interfere with flight operations, of course. But the opso at the time was like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me you're going to let somebody come in here and they're going to train some of our enlisted guys down in the garage so that they can get a better job when they get out? Yes, sir. That's exactly what we're planning on doing. No, we're not doing Makes that. Makes sense. Makes sense to me. Because he's thinking they need to be focused on what they're doing here, not be not not this focus of what they're going to do when they get out. But, so but so and, you get a lot of the, mental, const- not just the individuals need to come around to that mental change, but the military yeah. leadership is going to have to come around to that. Absolutely. Which is take a while.
1: Absolutely. But, but if we were being held to the same standards as the civilian workforce, would our organization not be a lot better than it is?
0: Oh, absolutely. You're hey, you preaching to the choir here. I get okay, it. But I'm cool. just saying <laughs> built in throughout the yeah. military is this concept of you better not be thinking about what you're doing when you get out right yeah, now. It's, a toxic, it's got, a toxic culture. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a very toxic culture when you talk about anything to do with getting out. Oh, we heard you might be getting out. So your fitness report isn't going to be as good because we know this guy wants to stay in you know, that kind well, of thing. We're
1: all, get, well, we're all getting out one day.
0: <laughs> no doubt. Even if you end up retiring after 35 years, you're still getting out. You're still, you're still getting out.
1: <laughs> plan on it. You got to plan for it. And that's why a whole lot of military families are having so, so much trouble beyond the uniform, whether it's a five years or 35 plus because they haven't been planning for it. They're not planning for it. We're not ready.
0: Well, what are some of the things military families can do now to start preparing for the inevitable?
1: I think the, the, the easiest decision anybody can make at any rank that's got more, that, that's at the five-year mark or further along is to drop SGLI and go to the open marketplace and get a, a, a non-group policy from a stock company or from a mutual company that will last them beyond their service time. That's the first thing. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop anchor on, the, on, on the, the so-called wealth pillar for just a minute because mm-hmm. so much of this stuff, uh, so much of the, many of these problems revolve around challenges with, with family finance, right? So understanding that the, the active duty military family is covered by the survivor benefit plan while on active duty at no monetary cost, that's an important part of their family finance picture that nobody knows about. Very, very few people know mm-hmm. about it in my experience. I wasn't fully aware of it until about two years ago. And that was after I'd filled the role of a casual assistance calls officer mm-hmm. about seven years ago, as well as been uh, a so-called transition assistance program uh, manager at the local level for officers that were separating and retiring out of service. Um, so there's some some really basic stuff that, The K through 12 and higher academics and these government programs are not equipping us with the right information in order to make informed decisions. Um, Because we're not being equipped through those, through those, those information sources, we've got to equip ourselves, right? We've got to get smart. We've got to find the time day after day at these burdensome staff and operational assignments to get smart. We need some guides that have been there before in order to point us in the right direction based on our own family, our own individual families wants and desires and what their plans are for the future. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to be a big difference in a, in a young lady that has no desire of getting married or having kids versus the, the middle-aged guy like myself, that has got a wife and four kids depending, depending on him. Right. So where we're headed is, is important. And the, the systems in place, that are babying us through military service are treating us all the same. Uh, A lot, just like they did whenever we went through the basic training pipelines, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about the individual, it's about the collective. And that's what you're gonna get with the government programs.
0: you know, if if you really think about it, a lot of these programs, they're set up to promote combat readiness. You don't need to worry about your medical bills, you're going on base. Or you got Tricare Prime, you're good to go. Don't worry about it. Um, right. You don't need to worry about life insurance. We got you covered. STLI. Don't right. don't worry about having to try find a house or buying a house, whatever. You're, you're on base anyways. Um, you know, if you've lived that that life, a lot of these life decisions have have been I mean, taken care of for you. You don't you don't really right. you haven't really had to do it. Now, granted, there's a lot right. of us that you live out in town or whatever regardless regards to where you're stationed, but um, there are a lot of those things that we take for granted they're already taken care of for us. And it, it's all to promote combat readiness. It's done quite well, right. but you need to realize as it's you start it, looking it, to get out, there's going to be a, a, a dramatic increase in decision-making and things you're going to have to sift through um, right. to, to take care of your financial really it's mostly all really all financial related, you know?
1: uh, uh on the surface, it appears to be that way. I don't think it's the case i think there's a big there's a big health and medical aspect to this that that many families are are finding out about way too late which spills into a financial concern as well when it, especially if it pertains to the disability ratings um that a lot of service members warrant but don't get because they don't understand the system they don't understand why they they are um, why they should seek it Right. And then this this idea about self and 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 knowing who we are beyond the rank weapons platform, former service branch. Right. Cause if you're hanging on to all that stuff post-service mm-hmm. and you're looking in that rear view mirror, you know, and all the stuff on the Love Me Wall, it's not helping you mm-hmm. go out into society and, and solve problems and add value, right? To, to to know why you're getting out of bed every morning. Um so no, I think that there's some big self and health aspects of this that are not being highlighted soon enough. Um, and it's all focused on wealth and getting a job and, you know, s- s- sustaining that standard of living that you grew to, to enjoy in military service. Um, I have a vision that every military family leaves service and goes out into society and does great things. They're just not trying to sustain where they were at. Right? It's, not just about, it's not just about cash and money, right? There's much mm-hmm. more to life than, than that. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm taking a, different, a little bit different approach to it.
0: All right. So you got a book coming out. Talk about I, your uh,
1: book. book. Yeah, the book is out. Yes. Awesome. So, um, it took me about 15 months to write about a 200 page book that I, that I called the, uh, a- avoiding each and every military veterans disadvantage. And the subtitle is how to overcome the lies a military family believes to get our freedom back. And I consider it kind of the red pill for military service members and their spouses. And it, it provides the, what I perceive are the 10 lies that we believe during uniform service. And then it provides the truths in order for them to overcome those lies and the call to action to ensure that their military family is fully mission capable for life and service. And more importantly, in preparation for far beyond uh, with or without the family hero.
0: Awesome. I will we'll be sure to put a link to your book in in the show notes for this episode. But can you. Yeah, thank can, you. you got. You, can you go over some of the? I mean, you may have, you've already discussed some of them, I suppose. But I have. <laughs> w- like, what are yeah. what are some of the other lies that lies or truths that uh, we might not have talked about already?
1: Yeah. So we hit the we hit the the time lie already. We we did not cover a replaceable commodity, right? Because we we kind of. Are seen as a, uh, by the system as a, as a number mm-hmm. and replaceable, right? Training replacement operations going on without you, so we get this mindset in our, our head that we, you know, that we're replaceable. And keeping that about ourselves beyond the uniform is is a dangerous dangerous proposition. Um, chapters four, five, and six are the health, self, wealth topics. Um, we talk about the love me wall a, a little bit. And I want to give it all away, <laughs> but those are some of the, those are some of the lies. And then, you know, I close out the book by call to action and mission planning preparations workups and how, how provide the structure, of how the military family can go about beginning to prepare for that inevitable last day on active duty, uh, prepare to fight through what I call their transition battle and then intentionally and informatively plan, prepare and work up for the biggest mission of their life. And we just, uh, you know that, that, that the solution that is available after reading the book equips that military family with the structure and the guide that they that they need in order to get the right resources at the right time for their specific family's objectives, mm-hmm. mission, and goals beyond the little ill mission of that staff staff or operational assignment. But 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 put one eye on the big ill mission, right? Of that inevitable departure from the ranks. Um, so that's kind of how it all yeah. fits together. And yeah, real quick before I forget. So the Tapsley brand that came about over the, the last couple of months, mm-hmm. but Taps Tapsley stands for Transition Acceleration Project Solutions and the Dash-L-Y is for Love Your. And I point back to that S in Taps for spouse, right? Because this is a team effort. And especially for the, the, the married couples out there with the service member on active duty. It's a, it's a, this is a, this is a team sport, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, um, Tapsley encourages the spouse and or the service member to bring their spouse to the program, get them to read the book, um, uh, get equipped with the information they need right now in order to kind of write their ship and remember that we all get out one day.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I love how you, I love the whole, the 10 lies told to military families, um, you see that a lot with a lot of things, but, but I like how you balance yeah. it with there's t- also 10 truths.
1: Oh, there are. Yeah, yeah. There's, so. there's, there's, I mean, basically it's just the opposite of what you're being told is the truth, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty simple. I'm, I'm a simple minded guy. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, again, we'll put a, we'll put a, a link to your, to your book in the show notes for the podcast if you want to check it out. Um, all right, so I do want to give you the last word. Um, how do pe- How do first of all, how do we find you?
1: Uh, I kind of grabbed hold of the hashtag. Heck yeah, yeah, y e h, so H-E-C-K-U-Y-E-H, uh-huh. Out there in the socials, Hashtag so Google heck that. Yeah. You, you, you can probably find me. That that results from a um, an aviator on the submarine force Pacific Fleet staff gave me the call sign. Hell yeah, on a <laughs> on a, a a long duty weekend where we had to. To, to stand up a watch and do do some work, um, but I, and they wanted to modify it, make it a little friendlier for the family environment. So we just went <laughs> with Heck yeah, right?
0: Um,
1: and yeah, so Jared H. Jared H. Smith. If you're searching for me, I always use middle initial H, um, and I should pop up. Um, my main platform right now is LinkedIn uh, because you know there's around 100,000 profiles out there that identify as transitioning military officer, transitioning Navy officer, transitioning Army officer. Um, and it goes to show me that one, they don't know who the hell they are yet or what they want to do when they get out of service. And three, that they, they're probably not ready on the health front or the wealth front either. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that's kind of where my, my center of gravity is right now uh, to try to help military families getting out of service. And then the expectation is those that do come into my circle, uh, they'll spread the word, right? Not be the senior leader with the secret. Uh-huh. This is important stuff. And if we're going to come and take care of our people, Let's take care of our people.
0: Okay. Awesome.
1: And yeah, so I'm on, I'm on a bunch of other socials as well. Facebook, Twitter, all that business. Uh, But yeah, typically LinkedIn is best. I've got a Patreon community that's forming as well. So
0: awesome. All right, Jared, thanks for uh, sharing your story and uh, look forward to your future success with uh, helping in veterans transition, especially the families too.
1: Big, right. Getting military family ready. That's the goal, Joe. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Appreciate
0: it. Yep. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.